From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. Searching the cosmos and all the different planes of reality. Do you really think you could find a group of guys that are as infamously abrasive, corny, or knowledgeable as us three? Probably not. Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 224. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and with me as always is the man who once had a flock of seagulls haircut and might have been mistaken for a leader of an 80s cover band. He is Mike also known as MFG. Corny, abrasive, and knowledgeable. Just so everyone knows, I'm the one that's knowledgeable. The other two, fight amongst yourselves. <laughs> of course, of course, jump on us. Hey, you started the, you, you gave the three choices. <laughs> I meant together. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I have a horribly described film for you guys. Oh, here we go. What a shock that is. Oh yeah. Are we ready? Already out there. Pull over the car and just listen up. Pull over the car. <laughs> Cancer survivor with a deadly sense of humor. That's it. Cancer survivor with a deadly sense of humor. I honestly feel like this is the easiest one he's ever done. It probably is, actually. Um, but you will actually get the answer to that when? After the quick, quick news. So, yeah, so after the quick news, I'll find a way to disappoint everybody. And our other illustrious host. <laughs> you disappoint it, now. Shush. <laughs> Our other illustrious host is the man who would probably meet death incarnated. And while he passed her by, because we know death is a she, he would ask her, oh, you want a sandwich? You're looking a little gaunt. He is RT squared. Rob the tech. No, I wouldn't offer her a sandwich. I would cook her a whole meal. Treat her nice. Got to respect her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that Latin hospitality. Well done. That's right. So... The other day, while I was tending my garden, and yes, I mean an actual garden and not my bush. Get your minds out the gutter. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, but now, I, now I can't stop thinking about it. I was, but I'm glad I wasn't the only one. <laughs> so while I was tending my garden, I noticed a few weeds that were growing there. And as I started attacking the weeds, pulling at the roots, and I kept pulling and pulling and pulling, and that root just kept on going and going and going. Next thing I know, I find myself pulled into another world where plants are attacking me and flowers are defending me. This is a really crazy thing. As, as I go to attack and defeat the final boss, I wake up, realize I was just playing a video game. And just when I was about to hit save, a thought occurred to me. The difference between tennis and badminton is between the cock and balls. Ah, that's very true. <laughs> how 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 you come up with these things sometimes? I don't know. I really don't know. But you know what? That's why you are the tech, because technically you confuse people. Anyway. Um only technically? Well, I mean, for some people they're like, I totally understand Ralph. I'm like, you do? Those are all three of your fans. And mom. Shout out to mom. Um Wait, but I, I gained a fan? That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. So on today's show, we will be discussing a show based on a classic DC comic book with unique and bizarre characters. But is it too bizarre or just enough to keep the interest of the general Joe Schmo? 
this show, we will be discussing the Netflix series, The Sandman. But first, Mike said he's got a lot of tea of all the geek stuff. Well, he actually didn't say hot tea because he wouldn't know what that means. He's like 125 years old. But he does have a lot of geek info that you need. So here he is, Mike, his hot tea, which he calls the quick news. And now, the quick news. Brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. That quick news intro was brought to you by Seasonal Something Something Disorder. Seasonal Mumbling Disorder. That's what it seems like. Because usually when you do the, 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 it was brought to you by, it's like, mama, 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 mama. so that's what I think it was. I don't mumble. You oh, don't wait, mumble? Yeah. That's a little snuffy that mumbles, not me. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Mike, what you got? Oh, I've got some good old chamomile tea for you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'd like All some right. mint tea, please. Sounded like Angela Lansbury right there. What else you got? <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to revisit that before she dies because they have to do Murder, She Wrote, where she confesses that she did all of the murders. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense at this point. And I've been waiting for years. <laughs> She's if writing Quantum all of it could before be... she did it. If Quantum Leap can be rebooted and all the other shows can be re- rebooted, Murder, She Wrote can definitely get one run, even if it's like a, 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 a not a soft reboot, but like a, a return to the characters for a, a TV movie. Well, if they're going to reboot it, then in this case, then I say, just like Quantum um, Leap is going to reference, uh, you know, the original uh, Sam Becker, you know, like, have Angela Lansbury on her deathbed confessing to the next Murder, She Wrote novelist, because she'd be like, well, who else would have done it? I'm visiting all my relatives, and then there's suddenly a murder? It only I did it. She's <laughs> got to grab him by the shirt and tell him in the ear. That's what makes it so dramatic. <laughs> I did it. I did it. And I don't regret anything. That's our next guest, Angela Lansbury. Got it. Right, no problem. All righty. Here's some news. Good news for all you vampire hunters out there. The MCU reboot of Blade finally has a filming start date. Fans mm. of Marvel's Daywalker have been patiently waiting for news about the film since it was announced in 2019. The Maharshala Ali vehicle will begin production at Tyler Perry Studios in October 2022 with locations in Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, L.A., Cleveland, and Morocco. Marvel Studios' Blade will be directed by Bassam Tariq from a script by Stacey Osei-Kufour and is expected to hit theaters November 3rd, 2023. There's so much I want to say, but all I'll say is Mike's reaction to Tyler Perry Studios Ugh. was the best because he was reading all professionally. He said, and Tyler Perry Studios, <laughs> like you're waiting for Medea to if, show up. If Medea shows up in Blade, I'm out. <laughs> out, out, out of the movie or out as a Marvel fan? Because that would do it for me. Both. Yeah. <laughs> How, what? But what if Medea shows up as a vampire that Blade kills? Done. Now, I, I'm in. I would watch that. No, um, I need it to be followed with, there was an accident on set and an actual stake was actually used. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Baby. This is the first This is the first quick news that we're not talking about death. You introduced death. Nice going. <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin was seen on the scene. But, um... Whoa! <laughs> Where's oh, the gong for that one? God, what? Shut up. He said, hold on, he was laughing so hard he couldn't find the button. What else? Is that too soon? <laughs> But anyway, bringing it back, I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited for the new, yeah, um, 
I, I mean, I know my hopes are going to be dashed in one sense. I, it doesn't have to be exact, but I just really wish it was much more of the actual Blade and not the Wesley Snipe Blade, which is what I think everyone's accustomed to, even the comic book. I mean, because Blade wasn't the man in the comics. You know, he was a vampire hunter uh, that, you know, partially, you know, vampire, da, 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 but he wasn't like, I am the baddest of the bad, and blah, 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 blah. So right. I kind of wish we had that more of a humble character, but that's that's the thing. Anyway. More, anyway. more like a samurai kind of in a way, right? Uh, more or less, you know, it was it was written in the 70s, so you get what you get. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't say like dynamite or anything, but you know, it was damn close. Uh, alrighty, if you thought Armor Wars was canceled because it wasn't revealed in the entire phase five lineup by Kevin Feige at SDCC, well, you know what? You were wrong. The Don Cheadle led series will be part of phase six, and according to Cheadle, the story will be an adaptation of the seven part comic series from 1987 with the expected MCU modifications, of course. Armor Wars will begin filming next year after post-production work on Secret Invasion is completed. I'll, I, look, I know Armor Wars by its name, but I can't lie to you and say that I bought the comic book when it was out, because I wasn't a big Iron Man fan back yeah. then. So I could, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna try and go, I can't wait for Armor Wars. I mean, I, I can't wait because I wanna see what, what Marvel does with it. Yeah. But I, I'm not familiar with the story. Ralph, are you familiar at all? You weren't even born when that came out. What year was that? 87. No, I was. It, it I finished was. in 88, so, you know, you would have gotten it as a, you know, as a baby. As a birth. newborn. <laughs> and, and did you read it then? Slacker. Yeah, like uh, right in the womb, uh, my dad Slacker. was reading it to me. And when I came out, the doctor slapped me with it. So I got it through <laughs> osmosis. <laughs> that works. That works. Well, um, I mean, the general the general premise is that um, in the comics, you know, remember there's lots of um, villains that have armor. You know, even if they're not direct uh, Iron Man uh, villains, like right. Doctor Doom has armor, or like the the, the Beetle had armor, and stuff like that. So it was just found out that a lot of it had um, Stark technology behind it. So he was yeah. determined to hunt down everybody and remove his tech from it. But then he kind of went weird, and I think then Rhodey got involved and blah 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 blah. Um, but that was the general premise. Now here, though, in Marvel, we don't have any of that. Right. And, and Tony's so, dead. Yeah. I mean, we, so, you, it right. could still be about the tech, but Tony's dead. Right. Right. Yeah. So now you're kind of honoring the memory of like, okay, you know, you're doing bad things with the tech, but we don't have a lot of people with the tech. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Anyway, right. anyway. last but not least, this is going to oh. be a little bit lengthy one because I think it's fun. Let's go All for right. it. Yes. Uh, yes. That's right. Fun. I said, and it <laughs> will be fun. All right. Wise voter. Don't, don't just sit down. You've never heard of them. Uh, it's a site dedicated to election information decided. Um, they decided to put their technologies to use for the greatest service in American history. They did a poll in the results, a poll that revealed the favorite superhero in each state of the United States. Stop. Yeah. The poll did not restrict which heroes could be nominated, but the top spots only brought in 10 different heroes. And in no particular order, these heroes are Captain America, Black Panther, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Wolverine, Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. Now that, like I said, that's, so those are the 10 that were chosen amongst all 50 states, not for the top. So now each state then chose one of those, okay. But they weren't restricted, they could have cho chosen others. We wanted, who wants to guess who is like the most out of most of the states? Come on, quick, 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 quick. Oh, you mean pick one hero that out, out of those majority 10, took? out of those ten, because those ten are encompass all the ones that were voted in. Which one, which one got the most states behind it? Is I'll, it I'll the obvious that. Captain America? No. What do you say? What do you say? He's you said Captain, Captain America. All right. 
I'm going to say Spider-Man. Spider-Man had 25 of 50 states. Wow. So I was right. Guess who was who guess who was the runner up? Who? The far behind runner up. Superman? Then and then a Batman with only oh. 10 states. How many states? It's 10. Superman uh. had four states, Wolverine two, Captain Marvel two, Aquaman got two, North Dakota and Iowa, you like him. Uh, Wonder <laughs> Woman got two states, Maine and Vermont. Uh, let's see, who else? Um, Iron Man got one state, New Mexico. Black Panther got one state, Oregon. And Captain America got Alaska. And interestingly enough, their number two pick in Alaska was Black Panther. I'm like, that is a very interesting state. <laughs> that is. Oh, my gosh. It and what do we more... think New York took is, is number one? What, I mean, what was New York's number one? I'm thinking New York was probably one of the 25 that picked Spider-Man. Well, I'm probably going to be wrong. And what did you say there, Mr. Tech? I would have to say Spider-Man. It is Batman. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yes. The so they're choice. one of the 10 that voted for Batman. Okay. Yeah. Interesting how everybody like runs their thing. I mean, even though in, in North and South Dakota, they picked, they picked Aquaman. I'm like, Mike, there's like probably no, North five, Dakota and Iowa. And Iowa. They, they got five fans in between all of them. So they <laughs> interviewed five fans. Oh, that's it. Aquaman. There we go. You know, it would have been <laughs> hilarious if you said that uh, Colorado chose Black Panther as their number one. Why? Why? Because the black population of Aspen is like 0.0005%. Well, they chose Spider-Man. Well, I, I'm surprised they didn't choose Superman because, you know, you know, being that he's always so high. In the <laughs> Superman, <sky>. was, <laughs> Superman was uh, chosen by Arkansas and the state that should just basically be Kansas, but it's actually Kansas, uh, Wyoming and Idaho. Those are the four states that took them. Wow. Well, country boy, I kind of I can see that. Yeah. I, can see I that. just thought Aquaman. I'm like, really? Yeah, in a landlocked state. Yeah, I'm like, go for it. Wait, hold on. Who did Florida take? That's what we should be asking. Spider-Man. Oh, Oh, they're not original at all. I thought they were going to pick something like outlandish. Well, do you know who took Captain Marvel? Oddly enough, Delaware and Rhode Island. You go, girl. You got the two smallest Delaware and Rhode Island. My goodness. Wow. Even in their picks, they're messed up. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're wondering, Wolverine got Montana and Alabama. People that yeah. the only people that still remember the '90s episode, but think it's still in the first run. <laughs> Alabama chose Wolverine because Gambit wasn't on there. No, oh, th- that's what I'm saying. That'd be, that'd be they Gambit, they could have chosen whatever they wanted to. Oh. oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just that it just turned out that these ten were the only ones that were picked. You know, out of right. all of them. And then and then the, the top five is just all variation of these. Wow. All right. That's very interesting. Lengthy, but good. But wait, yeah. that's all your quick news. That is all my quick news. All right. So can we kindly hear that horribly described movie, which Ralph is so easy, but I'm going to listen to it again to see if I can figure it out. All righty. Cancer survivor with a deadly sense of humor. Cancer survivor with a deadly sense of humor. He's okay. Pa- he's painting I- a picture. He's painting a picture, but I can't see it. What do you got, Ralph? Deadpool. So fucking easy. Oh, I, I don't want to agree with Ralph, but what is it, Mike? Deadpool. Why did you ah. agree with Ralph? <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> he literally, oh. he said, he said, here's the plate. From the nearest com- Whoops. Here's wow, the what plate. Kind of the show what kind now? of tech do we have? <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my watch pressed the button. He goes, here's the plate. Here's the spoon. I'm putting it to your mouth. Just eat it. That's what Mike did right now. 
I don't like when people put things in my mouth and they force me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to do it on my own. <laughs> yeah, it's Listen, funny because Mike... if you do it, if you do it on your own, you're just gonna end up with bad back problems. That's true. Oh, carpal tunnels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I digress from our adult jokes and let's move on. To, wait, first, Ralph, quick news. Do you have any? Nah, not today. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is D23. Just, I mean, when this, when when we came out, D23 just happened over this past weekend. And Mike mentioned some of the stuff. You know, they talked about Armor Wars. They talked about a lot of other stuff. Um, in our in our friend chat, we were talking about Werewolf by Night. Real and quick, wait. You, you, what are your impressions of it? I was thoroughly impressed. Oh, they they went full on. We're gonna have a good time with this movie. It's in black and white. It looks like it's it's going to be campy, but yet still like you know serious. And I've heard it's going to have good horror, you know, it family horror, it. but horror. You know, it looks really like yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, seen the trailer? Yes, you have to. Yeah. You have to check that out. Well, you get a chance. It's, it's, it's check really it out. good. It's very actually. You know what it'll remind you of? Because um, Ralph will get this. Remember when Supernatural did the one at the Oktoberfest with the vampire, mm-hmm. and it was all in black and white. It has that mm-hmm. same feel, but I think you know with more seriousness behind it. But I mean, it still has that same like. But rent that damn feel like you know like yes. very very dramatic 30s 40s kind of yeah. feel to it. It had that camp, but but then the blacks that they were using were so deep, yeah. and the cinematography and the angles just from the yeah. preview. Now, mind you, Mike has said one of our three hosts always says, "Don't trust the previews. Don't get so excited." But I'll say this: the way it was shot, from what I saw, I'm down. I don't like horror. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, it's also I'm, a one shot. It's just because you did not know that as well. All the hoes out there at home, it's a one shot, not a series. So it's just going to it's going to be a Halloween special. So it'll be coming out soon. All so right, I'm, cool. I'm definitely looking forward to this. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get into what we're here for and talk about the Netflix series that Mike tried to put me on to many moons ago. Was actually gifted mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. the first couple of books of Sandman, and I wasn't into it. That show is obviously called The Sandman. And with a synopsis, is a man who has this affinity for Morpheus, or at least for Neil Gaiman stories. Mike, also known as MFG. Take it away, bro. You try and class up these a-holes, and this is what you end up with. <laughs> I'm so just, glad you call us a-holes. All right. Just two a-holes with books that you've given them. Listen, <laughs> at times like this, you just got to remember what my grandpappy used to say. You, you can dress up and ask as much as you want, but it's still going to stink. Oh, I thought your grandpappy always said, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> no, that's my Cuban You went Spanish stereotype. Ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All righty. Here we go. The Sandman is a fantasy drama showing on the Netflix streaming service. The 11-episode season was developed by Neil Gaiman, David S. Goyer, and Alan Heinberg. The Netflix series is a faithful adaptation of the comic book series of the same name created by Neil Gaiman, Sam Keith, and Mike Dringenberg which was published by DC Comics and its vertical imprint from January 89 through February 96 for a total of 75 issues. The Sandman has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 87% with an audience of 81 and an IMDb weighted average of 80 out of 100. All right, a little synopsis, a little quick one this time. Uh, It's the Roaring Twenties and summoning ancient deities was all the rage. Caught in a spell meant to capture death itself, a naked Morpheus is trapped in a giant fishbowl. 100 years later, the Lord of Dreams is freed to rebuild his kingdom and busy himself with side quests. Uh, Meeting a Constantine that's not a John. Slumming with a psychotic uh, making dreams come true. 
loathing at a convention of serial killers, and entering a poetry slam battle with Lucifer. That's something you don't expect. Connected stories and tales that skirt the edges of dreams. The series is a chocolate box of variety, and viewers will enjoy taking a bite from each selection. Once thought of as an unfilmable comic book, the Netflix series proved that faithfully following a beloved blueprint can be a win-win for studios and fans alike. Who knew? All right, it's starring Tom Sturridge as Morpheus, Boyd Holbrook as the Corinthian, Vivian Akimpong as Lucian, uh, Patton Oswalt as the voice of Matthew the Raven, Jenna Coldman as Johanna Constantine, uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer Morningstar, David Thewlis as John D, Kirby Howell Baptiste as Death, uh, Ferdinand Kingsley as Hob Gandling, Sandra James Young as Unity Kincaid, Kayo Ra as Rose Walker, Razane Jamal as, Le uh, excuse me, as Lita Hall, Nina Wadia as Fate Mother, Suad Fares as Fate Crone, Danita Gohill as Fate Maiden, Stephen Fry as Gilbert, aka Fiddler's Green, Mark Hamill as the voice of Mervyn Pumpkinhead, Mason Alexander Park as Desire, and Donna Preston as Despair. All right, so let's get into it. The Sandman brought to you by Netflix. But before we even talk about that, let's press that spoiler button that we're still paying money for, but eventually we'll take out loans. We'll be okay. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. And that British crabby surly spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. It has been 10,000 years. Do you forgive me? Stush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that a shush? It was a stush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. The Sandman. And I used in my intro of talking about the subject for today, um, talked about the fact that Mike had given it to me because un for all those who are not familiar with the Sandman story, this is a comic book series that I can't even compare it to anything else. Maybe the TV shows, maybe to other types of fantasy, but it's hard to even put it in a comparison with anything else. Um, Mike mentioned that they talked about this film could, or this book couldn't be filmable, but they tried on Netflix. Do you feel like overall they did a good job? Now, mind you, before any of you answer, I mentioned it, 76 issues. It's a lot. They didn't even get through half of them, but they hit the main story. Do you feel like they did well? They knocked it out of the park. It's, it's again, the issues that they did, I mean, they still gave you enough variety to, to put their flair to it, but it's almost like watching the books. They, they, they did an excellent job, you know, and we'll, we'll be talking about the episodes, but like when you, when you talk about uh, episode is it five or six on the series, uh, which is actually his book number eight, which is the uh, sound of her wings when they introduce death. That's almost verbatim. Yes, it it's, is. It's, it's very nearly verbatim of the right. of the entire issue. So no, they they knocked it out of the park in my opinion. All right, Ralphie. Let me ask you. Um, I'm not. I I wasn't sure. Are you familiar? I mean, you're familiar with Sandman, but did you read the books previously? So I read the first chapter in okay. Preludes and Nocturne. Yes. Okay. The first collection. Okay. Yes. I, I read that one. And then I was planning on reading the rest of them. But mm -hmm. then Mike distracted me. Yes, by... <laughs> by just being you. That is true. I am very distracting. 
<laughs> so, but based on what you've seen versus what you read, do you feel I mean, like so I, I I watched it before I started reading, and watching it made me want to read the book, just because I will agree. Yeah, I, I was like, wow, this this series is amazing, and and Mike has been hyping it up so much. Mm-hmm. Even before the series was a twinkle in someone's eye. And then to watch this and and I as I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, damn, Mike was not lying. If oh, if yeah. they made this with the show, and usually the shows aren't even a tenth as good as what the book can give you. I was like, Yeah, I, I, I gotta go read this book. So I, I read the first one and then things i got busy but i'm planning on reading the whole series now just real fast i just want to ask you since you did it in you know in the reverse way but still while you're actually watching uh did you feel like when you read the book you know where you did you feel disappointed in either once you started reading the book no okay good yeah no that's that's what i was curious about yeah that's i was like i like the subtle differences between the show Mm -hmm. and the book but it's not like it's so it's, it's not like the show is trying to outdo the book Right. The, the show does its own thing and the book does its own thing, you know? Yeah. And they're both really good. Yeah. And, but they're both, they still strike the same tones. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like they, they change the story very much or at all. I mean, yes. I'll tell you, Mike, I um I watched the first six episodes and, what is, and I grabbed the book because it's been a while since I read it. Mm-hmm. And now here's where I'll differ from you guys. I, I, I liked the book, but I didn't like the first slew of stories i think mike remembers this i like the dollhouse better i guess right. because it was more linear if you for those who are not familiar with the book the book talks about morpheus and morpheus is trapped like mike's mentioned in the intro and he's trying to get his um objects back and try to put his kingdom back together but the stories kind of seem a little bit all over the place because he's going to hell he's going here he's going there mm-hmm. it took a while for me to wrap my head around and i guess also sam keith's art was a little frenetic Right. Right. Dollhouse was very like um, plot, 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 plot. It went yes. straight, no, it straight is. line. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. that was my turn off. When I'm watching this series, holy hell. Oh, yeah. it just worked so well yeah. as a series. Because then you see what Gaiman was doing, which was through the journey, he's weaving all these stories. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, keep keep track because they're going to meet at some point. And it tells yeah. these other stories. It, I Oh, my God. I'll say yeah. this. Reading it, then watching it, maybe want to read it again. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very true. It's, and that's the thing too, which I, I do wonder like how other fans, as more of the series went on, that the TV series went on, if they were still able to enjoy it, because probably a lot of people are thinking, hey, he's barely in a lot of these episodes. And it's like, that's how it is in the book. You know, there's, there's, there's stories that he just kind of shows up for like, you know, like, and, and maybe not shows up doing anything. Like they'll just talk about like, oh, I went to talk to Morpheus or, you know, I prayed to the dream Lord. He's referenced, yeah. Yeah, and then here's the story. You know, because it, it's 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 almost like it's almost like modern mythology. It's almost what reading the the Sandman is like. I mean, there are definitely ones that have stories. You know, like I said, like the Dollhouse is a complete story, and many others are too. Um, right. But but once you get past, you know, initially who is Dream and his, him getting back his objects of power and stuff like that, it's it's not always a this is leading to a very specific thing. Very often, it's just tales of just tales that are right. loosely connected to the dream lord himself you know but they're just they're just tales that are powerful like mythology they 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 mean something 
you know, like, you know, you can, if you ever just, seriously, if you want to entertain yourself, just type in like Sandman quotes and, and maybe say from the comics as opposed to the TV series, even though the TV series is mostly quoting the book, just the quotes, you'll read them, you're like, that is deep. Or that is just something that'll make you smile or it'll make you like almost tearful when you read it and think about the quote. Like, like Neil Gaiman just outdid himself when he wrote this, you know? Wow. Now, back to these tales. Are these uh, dragon tales or duck tales? Uh, they're uh, tales that are going to smack you in the face. <laughs> they're not cat tales, that's for sure. They're, not they're cat painful tales. tales. All right. <laughs> but uh, let, let, let's start with each piece, because I feel like this was done, obviously, like the series. It was done chronologically, and it was done... Um, in pieces so you you know you open up t- talking about dream being captured by um roderick roderick oh what's the name roger burgess mm-hmm. um and it's back in the 1800s and you know no it's not 1800s th- it's just 100 years ago it was 100 years okay so it was yeah. early 1900s then okay but, but was it the 1800s because oh no in that in was- our book it's 1800s but yeah yeah right okay it's old long time ago um <laughs> um the whole thing about that whole that whole journey of um, Morpheus getting, you know, finding his kingdom destroyed after he's released, you know, also dealing. There's so much that goes on in that. It was like a five episode arc or a six episode arc. Well, it's five episodes. Six is when he meets his sister, meets up with his sister. So the whole of him getting back all of his his uh, his symbols of royalty, that's all done up in, in the five, uh, the first five episodes of the series. Right. Yeah. Out of all of those tales, which one hit the hardest? Oof. Whether visually or story-wise, which hit the hardest? I'll go first and I'll say, um, there's the story about, I mean, did it, did it hit hard? Uh, maybe because, not for the same reasons, but the Constantine story. Oh, because okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, I saw it was Constantine, but I was like, wait, that's not our Constantine, that's you know, that's a very big different uh, deviation from the story. He does meet yes. Joanna Constantine in the past. And he meets them. Ex- the only time that I can think of, I'm not saying it's only one time, but the only time of, re- of note that he meets Joanna Constantine is in the scene of uh, in the series uh, episode six, when uh, we, we learn about Hob Gadling and yes. when they're when they meet her in that time period. That's the only time the Sandman ever talks. About oh, OK. Her. Otherwise, he does occasionally and very rare because they. they Neil Game early on decided he did not want to make this a superhero interaction story. So like you might see him talk to the Martian Manhunter when he's looking for something real fast, but like it's literally like a two scene thing. Um, you know, it's not the superheroes are never involved in this world. So he does meet John Constantine, but I remember that. Uh, but yeah, but uh, but Joanna was never like a major part of the storytelling or anything. It was done in, in such a way where I looked at the book and and not that the book was bad, but you know, looking at the way they 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 did that, I was like, wow. But between that, you know, let me shut up. Mm-hmm. What are you, what, what stories brought the most impact? Because I'm surprised how much I did enjoy a lot of the things in it. Of that mm-hmm. arc, which was the story that hit the hardest out of that um, first five, six episodes? The death of Gregory got to be like the most heart-wrenching one of all. Oh, poor Gregory. He sacrifices himself willingly. He was, listen. Yeah. Listen here, Morpheus. Hey, he was I'm, a good dragon. in my life. But or good gargoyle, right. I should say. <laughs> you better do right. Is that the one that got you the most? Yeah, man. Okay. 
Um, out of those, you said from one through six, right? Yeah. One through bunch, six. I mean, well, I mean, one through six. It just depends. I mean, on a on a gut wrenching level, uh, the one that gets to me just just just. I mean, I shouldn't say gut wrenching. On a visceral level, I'm sorry. That's the best way to put it. The one that gets is twenty four seven. That's when we finally uh, meet up with uh, the full plan of John D. Um, and his just craziness in the diner, which is even more disturbing in the book, by the way. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> it's you're even right. More disturbing in the book. Um, and and it's a great it's a great story there, but um, it's it's very disturbing. Um, but I mean, the one that just always gets me is uh, it's like as we've already talked about. It, it's the one that gets me the most is, and it's the one that's talked about the most. And I think it actually won the award or won an award back when it came out. Is uh, book eight or in this case episode six, which is the sound of her wings. It's I, I, I just watched it. Right before, I watched it again before um, we came on, and because I, I just wanted to reference something, I I just started like tearing up again. I mean, it's just it's it's wonderful it's uplifting and it's just heart-wrenching it, it makes you think you know ab about dying and, and not in the bad ways but of course in the bad ways you know like it's just it's just got yeah. everything in there it, it's it's so much about life and death <laughs> you know yeah. and, and just, just how they portray death as just such yeah. a like you know positive character. person positive like people always think like grim reaper and the scythe and all that stuff and it's this person who's you know, very, very attractive looking. And you know, she was the same way in the comics, same way she is here. You know, very attractive looking, kind of happy-go-lucky, but, you know, still about her business. And mm -hmm. it, it's a different take on, on that old premise. So it was yeah. kind of interesting. I, I thought it was interesting over the fact that, so in some uh, tellings of, or depictions of death, you see him as coming to you, coming to reap your soul before you die. Like before you, he's the, the, the reaper takes your soul away and that's why you die right. but i like how in this one it's you know you 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 die you, you get killed and death is there not to collect your soul but to guide you to where mm -hmm. you need to go next right so i, I thought that was just a, a great representation yeah. of that it's, it's a right. nice but representation of that and the fact that she knows that uh most people, when they first see her, aren't happy to see her, and she's made peace with that. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought that was like another interesting thing. Like, you, yeah. you have one of the worst jobs you could think of, possibly, because you see everybody at the very end, and, and they're not happy to see you, but you still enjoy what you do for right. any of that you've been doing it. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, she doesn't see it as the as the worst day of anyone's life. She just sees it as it's a continuation of their life. You know, like, there's one point where she says, you know, she goes like humans have they 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 love the idea of birth as if they think they did it on their own, <laughs> you know. But they <laughs> but they but they're unhappy and angry when they when they see her and they for death, you know. And right. it's just like it's just a continuation of of your existence, you know. It's all it is. But it's just it's it's just it's a great story. But uh, to to I just want to quickly reference because there are always haters everywhere, and we know that we're full of it now. Um, she's not depicted exactly as she was in the comics. In the comics, uh, she is a white woman, which mostly all the characters were, and it's not faulty Neil Gaiman. It's a different time period, it's a different market. But yeah, lots of flack that what? Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman's basically been like, kiss my ass to everybody that's like, you've changed the color. And he's like, get over it, <laughs> you know? Even he realizes that he, you know, I won't say it's a mistake. Again, it's just a different time period that he wrote everything in, you know, and different wants, different uh, urges. And, and also, I mean, he's a white guy. You know, he's yeah. writing, you know, he's he's not he's not thinking race when he's writing. He's just writing here. Right. He gets to, quote unquote, correct himself, you know, not saying he made a mistake, but just to say, hey, 
everybody's part of these stories. Or or if you want to, um, or maybe a better term, update. Yeah. You know, something so, that's more inclusive, which is like, yeah. okay, well, you know, this is part of my life and it is, you know. It wasn't all those, now. it wasn't all those Black Lives Matters activists that were surrounding him with like pitchforks and spiked bats that forced him to nah. change. No, he's actually a really cool guy. I I, I like Neil Gaiman a lot. But, <laughs> that's uh, why yeah, he's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. He has a nice accent, right? Um, I mean, it's an English accent. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but um, but yeah. I mean, so I was like, that's one of my favorite issues, let alone um, episodes of that range. But also, what I like in that episode was um, also, but another one that's really good. And actually, in the comics, it's it's a little more mic drop. Is when he does battle Lucifer. The battle yes. is exactly the same when they when they they just talk about what they're, you know, how they would how how powerful or how much better they are or how they would escape the other person and they feel the effect of it. That is true. But the the only mic, the mic drop part that I wish they, and I don't know why they changed it, was here in the series, they have him personally and um, in secret offend Lucifer by saying, when, when, when she says, you have no power, dreams have no power here. And he goes, well, what would, there, you know, um, what power would hell have if one could not dream of heaven? In the comics, he announces that to all the denizens of hell. So when, when Lucifer is just like, you know, I don't have to let you go. You have no power here. He says it to everybody. And when he says that, every demon, because I think they say it's like a million lords of hell are out there to see like Lucifer, you know, destroy him after he wins and then says that final thing, like, you know, what, what power would hell have if they couldn't dream of heaven? Every demon bows their head and he just walks out. I'm I like, love to see yeah, that. he freaking dropped the mic on that. He just walked out, head held high. Did, <laughs> you know? did he at least pick you up afterwards and, and dust off? <laughs> he didn't have to. I was I was ready for the next issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what's interesting is because I mean, this like I said, and the reason why we, we kind of stayed here for a minute is because those five to six episodes have a lot. I mean, they have a lot of different things going on. And like I said, I I, I read it, and I think part of it for me why I didn't enjoy reading it as much. And now I enjoy it a little bit more as, as a visual property is that some of these ideas are abstract. The idea of dream being a person mm. of death and death being a person they've done over and over, but um, despair, desire, that these are like entities takes a while to wrap your head around. But with, you know, the, the acting here, I mean, and the way they're written and also how they tied in the visual stuff, mm. it makes it for a lot more of a, of a digestible um, yeah. enjoyment. Um, what do we think about the next few, um, I mean, well, cause it's funny cause you, you said the end of that arc is death and then also, um, Hob oh, Gadling yeah. series, right? Yeah. I actually like that story. That, the, the, the Hob story. Gadling story. Well, story. for the, for those who don't know, could you give a, a brief thing of what the story is? Um, just like, I mean, that's again, no different than the, in the book, uh, uh, death and dream are back in the 1300s. They go into a tavern. Um, cause you know, death is always like, you need to mix with the mortals. And he's like, nah, eh, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> they see this mortal that's just kind of like, yeah, screw death. You know, death doesn't exist. It's just a bunch of people just agree to die and everyone just follows suit. And I'm not going to be a lemming. I mean, he doesn't say these exact words, but that's his whole point. He's like, I'm not going to be a lemming. I'm not gonna be a follower. I just won't die. And death looks at dream and is just like, Hey, this sounds like, you know, this could be fun. You want to do something with this. And, uh, it's really weird because they make it seem like it's dream that, that kind of bestows their power. But I mean, I don't think. I mean, he even says himself that immortality is not something he can grant. So it's got to be right. in conjunction with death. It's just that she doesn't really converse with the guy. Um, but they basically are just like, okay, fine. Then you won't die. 
Um, and, you know, of course, he doesn't believe it at that time. But then they, they've said that they will meet every 100 years in this tavern. And basically, Dream wants to see what what life would be like. I mean, it's I'm sorry. At first, it's more like I think he just wants to see the guy fail. He wants to hear this misery. It's not the Dream likes misery. It's just that he just doesn't see the hope in things because he's just so focused on his job. He doesn't see the bigger picture of life, you know, if you want to call it that or like right. the way we would view it. So they meet every 100 years and every 100 years, Lucifer gets to know him only for that brief moment, it's only for a few hours. But we also see that Lucifer starts to realize that he has a friend, even if he doesn't want to admit it. And at first he is very angry about the guy thinking that Lucifer, I mean, that, uh, that Morpheus needs a friend until Morpheus realizes he does. You know? Right. And Hob Gadling, by the way, he goes through the entire series. And I won't tell you, I almost spoiled the end of the actual series by saying what happens, but he's okay. through the entire series. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I mean, you don't see him, uh, but one more or two more times, but I mean, he, he does make it to the end of the series, but he's not All a right. regular. Yeah. Ralph, what did you think of the Hob, uh, the Hob Gadling story? Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful story. I, I loved it. I, I thought it was very interesting how you like you can see the progression the growth of of morbius as he comes to realize and understand that just like mike said that it it, it wasn't actually about uh watching him like suffer or go through these times right he just actually just needed a friend and needed to uh admit it to himself that he mm -hmm. was lonely and needed a friend yeah. and Right, and I, I, I thought that it was just, uh, just, just wonderful, you know. Yeah, and the, the, you don't really see a lot of, uh, growth in characters when it, when it's a movie. It's it's kind of force fed to you when like a a character has like this like substantial growth, unless they do like a time jump or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but because of the way the series is played out, it's good that you can see the progression of him growing from this uh i guess closed up would you I, I don't know if you would call him cynical but just like closed out aloof not aloof um yeah. um um a um indifferent indifferent yeah. there yeah. we go that's the word this, this indifferent person to realizing the beauty in humanity like this yeah. this one guy shows him the beauty of humanity the fact but, but, that he he loses everything yeah. and everyone and he even then yeah, even then refuses to die. Like yeah. this, that, if that is just not the purest example of human hope, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what is. And also, I want to um, take that thought and just travel back just a couple more episodes, or actually one episode before that, to iterate a point. What I do like though is that this also isn't the oh, it's about some godlike being that's just got to find out that being a person's great. It's like no, it's never that. He's not trying to become a human. He's just trying to have a better appreciation of his job and understanding of it, because even though he's met Hot Gatling all those years for, you know, going on, what, 700 years, basically. What happened in the episode before that? Lord Dream, it's me, Nada. Yeah. I've been in hell where oh, you placed right. me for 10,000 years. Can you please forgive me? No. no maybe yeah. a little bit more. And you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn <laughs> you know like like 
no, she couldn't have done anything that's worth 10,000 years in hell, let alone, and I'm still not ready to let you out. <laughs> right. You want to know what she did? I'll tell you what she did. All right. So listen, if you ever are going to make toast for Morpheus, make sure you do not burn it. He does oh, not gosh. like vegetables. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ryan. He wears all black, but you know. Which, by the way, speaking about Morpheus himself, the one of the things one of my critiques about it his voice got a little annoying it started reminding me of um i know what the, you the, jupiter, the ascending. jupiter ascending yeah well I, I won't go that far but no it, it was a, it's a it is a little bit vanilla like because it, because of the comic the, the way they draw it it's very like the it's a very like blobbish kind of shape to his 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 word box um the the color of the word box itself is black and the writing is white and the writing is kind of sketchy, almost like you scratched it into, like with a nail or something like that. It's very so, distinct from the other characters, right. yeah. Yeah, so that you kind of almost imagine his voice, not harsh, but booming, or, you know, or or just so, just so impressive, like or, that you could Or, or resist so it, distinct, you know? at the very least, yeah. so distinct, yeah. Yeah, so that like, yeah, even sometimes even I'm just a little like, okay, you could have amplified his voice, but, but at the same time, I'm glad they didn't go all theatrical. But yes, I, I do see where the voice can get a little like, Right, you know, at at some point it was Lord Voldemort. <laughs> no, at times, at times. Now, the next story, um, the story they did was, was Dollhouse. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was a tonal shift, and it's funny because in the books I enjoyed Dollhouse more when I first read it. I'm not sure how I felt about Dollhouse this time around. How'd you guys feel about it? I was. I, I, let me just say this: I was not expecting this. I was like, wait. Is this still oh, the same show? Are you talking about the serial convention? No, no. I'm talking about Dollhouse when he's at the diner and everything. I'm like, oh, uh, wait, wait. We're talking about no, no. I'm talking about Dollhouse. I'm not the, Doll the diner. The diner is twenty four seven. Oh, and that's, right, right. The Dollhouse is what comes after death. That's the one where we start now meeting Rose Walker, and she's looking for her, her brother Jed. Her brother, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. That's right. the whole, and then because also and by Corinthian, the way, just, right. And let me just interject: the Corinthian is not a major player in in Sandman. They they just wanted a villain to focus on, so they they upped him being around more in this one, just FYI. Right. How did you guys feel about the Dollhouse um, segment of episodes? I felt like it it shifted tone, and I'll be honest with you, that's when I kind of felt a little bit like, ever watch an episode and you just kind of feel like your eyes get a little heavier, or you're like having to really focus to kind of watch it? I kind of felt that way in some parts of Dollhouse. Uh, all right, so correcting my mistake, uh, I did feel the same way. There were some parts where it was like a little bit slow. It almost reminded me a little bit of uh, Doctor Who, in the okay. sense that it was it was a sort of like uh, a long play story, mm -hmm. where I mean uh, Doctor Who episodes are like an hour long, and usually you would get maybe like ten to twenty minutes of actual action, and the mm -hmm. rest is all just short, uh, a slow, long story. All right. But it's a story with a payoff at the end. And mm -hmm. I felt that this was the same way. Right. Yeah, I mean, the story, it definitely, there is a shift and you can feel it and stuff like that. Um, it's not as good as the book, definitely. Um, it's it, it, it feels a little TV movie about going to a convention with serial killers and being the person that has to escape them. It kind of has that feel a little bit. Um, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah. It, it, whereas the, the book didn't. Um, but I still enjoyed it. But yes, I would definitely say 
as much as I, I and, and I agree and agree with Ralph as well, there is a long haul payoff and I like that as well. But I think the book did it better in that sense. I think the dollhouse was uh, was better written um, as, as a comic book, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, you know, because I, I felt some things seemed I, I don't know. I don't I can't say it, whether it's the pacing or whatever, but like like like, you know, learning about Fiddler Green. I mean, you, you kind of got the hints better in the comics and stuff like that. Um, Barbie, I do wonder if she'll be back because she's actually got her own story. Uh, arc in the comics uh, oh, right yeah because uh, she has to save the porpentine which you know you learn about uh, a little bit there because um, her dream characters actually come into the real world um, but yes uh, I, I did think it was a little bit lame I, I, I think also it was it felt un unlike in the comics because in the comics again everybody was white for the most part so you know you didn't have this feeling of um of like uh, maybe there was a, an agenda about uh, race and poverty and, and stuff like that, or not poverty per se, but just of um, being helpless. You right. know, the fact that Jed is black kid that's being fostered by white parents who are just abusive no matter who it would have been, but like now it's given a racial dynamic, whereas before it was just a uh, authoritative dynamic, you know? Um, so there's right. a little differences there that they went and pushed them, but it just, it didn't add anything to the story and it may have taken away a little bit from the story, especially since they didn't address anything, you know, that kind of a thing. But nonetheless, right. I still enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, just like in the comic, I, I just like the re resolution when Dream just, you know, like you can just see his vengeful nature. And it's also interesting to see what he does not like, like he does not like killers, you know? Um, yeah. Cause I mean, it's not like his, his world, but he just doesn't like killers. But when he just, he takes away for the, them, their ability to dream that their actions are justifiable. So now they have to face everything that they do and see it for what exactly it is. And I'm like, I'm like that is an amazing punishment. You know, I'll say this. I, I definitely wanted the serial convention to be to be um, creepier. And, and the part of me is like, OK, well, do I want to admit or do I want to give away what the serial convention is or do I want to leave it open for the for, for the for the listener? But I, I wanted it to be a little bit more and it didn't quite have it. But mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion. No, no. I think it could have used a little bit more um, uh, because I think I mean it's doesn't it's not long, but like they draw out a bit more of what the convention is, you know that that you're there for by time because it's not until the Corinthians there that like that's by the time you realize holy cow that's what this is you that's know? what we're doing oh yeah <laughs> you know one of the funniest uh, scenes is watching Fiddler's Green walking around the convention going to the different panels. And then, like, at the first ones, he's he's kind of, like, questioning it slightly. Then as he gets into the other ones, he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Oh. yeah Fiddler Green's yeah. like, I got to go yeah. now. <laughs> I need to go find uh, Morpheus. Cause Wait, I did you hear that? Fiddler Green, get over here. Oh, yeah. look, I got to go. My ride's here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially, now, especially you got the ones that, that thought they were gods. You're, yeah. That's what he was like. Oh, I got to go. <laughs> I, I got a question is uh morbius morpheus morpheus mm -hmm. is morpheus uh rumpelstiltskin why no because <laughs> he wants that lady's firstborn there's a reason which would destroy a lot of storytelling if I, I told you why interesting part though is uh the baby who does not have a name but will have a name and i can tell you what the name is it's not, that's not important really the name the baby's name will be daniel but it will name itself um uh, the, but the interesting part is that how I like the fact, and this would mean nothing to 
anyone that hasn't read the series, and even you guys may have glossed over it the part you read, is that um, John D was a super villain in the comic books. He had the Dreamstone, which no one knew it was related to Morpheus at the time because he's a villain from way back when. Um, but they took away that super villainy part. They just said, he's just this crazy guy, you know? Um, and Lyda is, um, she's the daughter of Hippolyta, Hippo um, who's the oh, queen from, of the Amazons, the Amazons in, yeah. in Earth 2. Oh. So she was a superhero. And so I was impressed that they still kept her as, as Lyda Hall and that um, Hector Hall, as her husband, he was also a superhero on the same, they were, in, in oh, Infinity, wow, okay. they were on Infinity Inc. together. So I was oh. impressed that they kept the name, but we're like, oh, no, no, we're not doing superheroes. And it's like, good, thank you. Okay. Yeah. And also now, in the comics, she actually um, was in the dream dimension for two full years, pregnant for two full years. Yeah. Before she gave birth, as opposed to this being over, you know, a span of time that only felt longer. Yeah. Um, now, to end the series, which is weird, an 11 episode series just feels weird. Mm hmm. Well, that was an extra series. That was an extra episode that they said that when they um, when uh, they said that they wanted to do that episode, they said that was actually one of the things that made Netflix want to take the series. What, with cats and Calliope? Mm -hmm. It was okay. just, yeah, yeah. It was just it was just I guess maybe it was the way it was told or whatever. But they said that was, um, or maybe or for all I know, maybe they said we'd do it for free. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Well, well, for those who don't know that, um, I guess uh, like Mike mentioned, there's eleven episodes to this series, and the last episode combines two tales. They talk about was it the the tale of a thousand cats? Is that the, the name of it? A thousand cats. Yeah. And then Calliope. Um, how did you guys feel about that? I don't see. Ralph just gave the okay sign. Like, are you kidding? Uh, Chef's dream, kiss. Explain, Ralph. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, bro. So, so uh, Dream of a Thousand Cats is, is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you contemplate so much. Yes. Like, like, wait, what? Like, what is reality? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so if we just have a bunch of people just start dreaming the same thing, it'll become real is, is that what you're telling me well no actually even deeper than that like he said the humans didn't just dream up and change their current reality they their dream changed all of history so that there never were cats there never was that reality. it never right. happened they literally changed every iota of reality that ever was that's an amazing gift <laughs> that's an so amazing ability you know that alone, like, I was like, wait, am I high right now? I'm, I'm thinking about this <laughs> way too deeply. I say that all the time. Is Rob yeah. high? <laughs> so, yeah. so that was one. And then Calliope. Honestly, so, like, I I don't know what I was expecting. I was, I, I, you weren't I, expecting that. You know what it was? So, so because of who the actor was, mm -hmm. I thought he'd be playing more of, like, a good guy. So or someone, I, like, I, jokier or something? Yeah, so I, I thought that he would have, like, been, like, you know what? You're right, Calliope, and, and actually been nice to her and, and like mm -hmm. treated her well, and maybe actually let her go. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so, so I was like, uh, so when he does what he does, I'm like, wait, okay, so I guess it's not that kind of story. So what do you get? What are you giving me? And then, with the end, with when we get uh, Morpheus at at the very end, and what he does to him, I was like, oh wow, yeah, it, yeah, in a way. Like everything that you wanted, you got, but just not in the way that he wanted it. I was like, oh but my it's, God. It's, the, it's, it's almost like that adage, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. so crazy. Well, yeah. With the Dream of, of, of a Thousand Cats, what I loved about that 
I mean, I mean the story is just great. It, it's 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 literally the exact story from the comics because I mean they just animated this episode. So it was the exact same story, um, which is a wonderful tale. What I loved about the animation that they did is that they didn't. Um, they, I think I have the right word. They didn't anthropomorphize the cats right. or any animal. They, and I loved it. Like the cats didn't move their mouths when they talked because they don't talk like that, <laughs> you know? Like, and and I, so the cat movements looked like, it just looked like real cats, you know? And I just really enjoyed that. I, I loved her journey going through the dream world, like the different lands that she walked through just to get there. When you realize like, like she's telling you this tale and you're like, you know, this is only just a night's sleep. But like, you know how we all know that dreams can feel like they last forever. And, you know, and I love seeing Morpheus, you know, like the, as we saw when Nada saw him, that, that he doesn't always look the same. Right. You know, it's however you interpret him or your culture or whatever interprets what the Lord of Dreams would look like. So there he was a cat, you know, and he's really for, uh, foreboding and forbidding, you know. Um, and then Calliope, like I said, it's just for Calliope, it's, just, it's like a, a good just revenge tale mm-hmm. and, and just got to love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm happy. I did think it was I think Calliope was my lesser favorite of the two. It was a little bit lighter. I think it read faster. I guess maybe that's what it was. Than, it, than the show. It felt for, for me, Calliope was. felt yeah. a little bit bland until you got to the payoff. Right. So the pay exactly, and that's what I felt too. Whereas in the book, I think it was a little bit more concise in the book. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember clearly, but I think it's a little bit more um, concise, and so the payoff happened faster, and therefore you didn't feel like there was this bland part to it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I did want to give just one thing because, like I said before, like, I said, the book it. is just. It's beautiful. Now, this is from the actual series, The Doll's House. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, and I, I think Dream is talking to um, Lyda about Hector. Because it's the same thing there. Hector was a ghost hiding in the dream world. And, you know, and, you know, that was just wrong and all this other stuff. And so I think he's trying to explain to Lyda why, like, this all had to happen. I think he's explaining to Rose why he had to destroy the ghost because it doesn't belong in the dream world. And the quote from the book is, for love is no part of the dream world. Love belongs to desire, and desire is always cruel. <laughs> it is just, I just, it's like I said, like that, that book is just filled with just fantastic, absolutely fantastic quotes. I will openly admit I have to read it again because I didn't appreciate it. And now, like I said, now that I can see it visually and have some reference, now I can go back and mm-hmm. kind of really enjoy it. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, anything else we want to mention before we go to renaming and ratings? No, I think I'm good. All right, all right. Okay. Um, I did like the uh, the owner of the bed and breakfast. Oh, and Cain and Abel. Are you talking about them? Or oh no, you're talking about the actual in the doll's house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that he was great. <laughs> I, was, I I I thought it was very interesting to to see like this. Um, I guess you would call it like a dichotomy that he has with himself. To try mm-hmm. to figure out who he who his true self is, right? Whether he's he's the drag queen, or or just the uh, the regular gay man who dresses uh, not in drag, I guess you would say. But, <laughs> right. Yep. But, uh, like, <laughs> but he's like, I guess he's trying to, to figure out: is he the Florida guy, or is he the actor uh, showman who wants to go back and, and become a star? Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like, it was it was very cool to see that dichotomy, and, and the actor just did a great job. Uh, oh, no, he yeah. was he was really really good. Yeah, no, it, it, they did a great job with that choosing. I thought you were talking about Cain and Abel. I did love. I hope oh, you can see more Cain and Abel because they're always just they're they're terrifying and they're funny at the same time. I like them better in the show than I do in the book. I don't know. I, I in the book I, I found they were like, eh. 
you know, but, yeah, it, it can get old. Even though there's a great um, episode in, uh, in the book, I, I don't, I don't, it can't be his whole story, but, but there's one where uh, we learn the secret. I forget which bird it is now. Is it is it the ravens or the crows? I can't remember which which bird it is, but we learn uh, the secret of of what they do when they gather, and it, but which is a cool story. It's, it's an absolute great story. It's really short, but it's a great story. But in there, um, Cain again kills Abel as he always does. But he, uh, you know, because Cain has the house of mysteries, and Abel has the house of secrets, and you know, he's just like you know, um, he goes, "What is it?" I, I'm trying to remember every every. Wait, is it every secret has a mystery? Oh, wait. Yeah, I think it's... No, every... Yeah, I think it's every secret has a mystery, but not every mystery has a secret. Hmm. I think that's the way it goes. But it's just a very, it's a really interesting twist. Yeah, but it's, it's a really interesting twist. But that's all I have to say on that. All right. Do you know what so you now call let's get... oh. a group of ravens? What? A conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. All right. That's right. Let's I'd rather go. be with a group oh, of ravens. Just, I mean, that is just real fast, a, though. A murder of crows. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what did we think of Patton Oswald as uh, Matthew the Raven? Oh, I enjoyed him. I, 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 I enjoyed thought him. he was a lot of fun. I thought he he did a good job of bringing some humor, but yet it wasn't like overtly Patton Oswald. It wasn't humor. like Eddie Murphy it, you know, doing right. the Raven. It was, right. you know. Oh, God. You know, yeah. My, my favorite line that he says um, was something on the lines of like, how about um, I just go with you? Again, so that way we're not having, so you don't have to tell me again to go away. Yeah. Or so, something along, <laughs> along Something along that line. Yeah. Something along that line. Because like, he's like, listen, you know who the real boss is. She told me to follow you. So that's what I'm going to do. And you're just going to keep telling me to go away, but I'm just going to be still here. So just, right. just accept it. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go into it. Renaming the series. Ralph, you got one for me? You can go first. I gave you this ability. All right, I'm going to call it Sandman. Fever Dream Images. That's what it felt like. (laughs) But I'm sorry. Very well done, 4DX. (laughs) Fever Dream Images. Ralph, how about you? I am going to call it Mr. Sandman. Yes. You've painted me (laughs) such a beautiful dream. Oh, I can't wait to see more what you bring me. Oh, (laughs) Lord. You know who hates Ralph the most? billboard writers yes because <laughs> they're like wait we have to put up the title of this book this uh, this movie yeah who gave it ralph oh. you should see the slogans five billboards five. <laughs> it's not like six claws anyway mike <laughs> renaming the series keep it simple sandman the dream of 1000 fans all right <laughs> all right and let's do it waitings for the sandman ralph I mean, you you already know what I'm going to say. I, I, I've been six, on this thing six the whole time. Yeah, man. This this thing gets 10 out of 10 helms of Morbius. Morpheus? Morpheus. Morpheus? Morpheus. Yeah. Morpheus. <laughs> 10 helms of Morpheus that he doesn't wear after he gets it back. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, thank you, I mean, right? It's very cumbersome. <laughs> but still, 10. 10 out of 10. Okay. I'm actually going to... I think I'm, I'm going to be the hater of this group. And I'm going to give it eight and a half stories that don't connect, but yet they still do connect out of 10. It was great, but there were some things that were a little slow. I was like, okay, if you would have got rid of that, you would have had me. Mike? I almost did give it a 10. But really? Like, yeah, because but it was just the, the Clive episode was a little drag. 
a little bit draggy and like I said, like the, the, the voice was a little bit something. But that was about it. That's that's nitpicking. But I almost gave it a 10. But I'm going to give it a nine and a half. And I'm going to give it another one of my favorite quotes. Never trust the storyteller. Only trust the story out of 10, mm. which is, I think, extremely deep. Yeah. <laughs> because know? storytellers lie, man. They're always telling right. stories. Well, I mean, that's the whole point. Storytellers do lie. Because it comes from one of the episodes, I, I mean, of the issues. And I can't think of what the issue was about. But at one point, the grandfather's telling, I think, the granddaughter this tale. And she's just like, hey, wait a second. And I'm, I'm, I don't remember if this is correct, but this is the general idea. Like, she's like, you said that uh, the gypsy didn't know, you know, that so-and-so had a knife. But they had a knife. He goes, she goes, you know, you lied. He goes, well, you never trust the storyteller. You only trust the story. And it's just like, yeah, that's something you got to think on. But it's, it's a really deep statement. Like Ralph yeah. said, they always lie. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. The Sandman series. Some stories keep you stimulated. Some stories stimulate your dreams. It's up to you. But guys, don't go anywhere. Rocket Review, that's next. Hi, everyone. This is The Cap. Here with another Rocket Review. Today, I'll be discussing the very popular Netflix series, Cobra Kai Season 5. Now, do I really have to break down um, the Karate Kid and how it's related to Cobra Kai? Well, if you lived under a rock or you have never seen Cobra Kai or whatever, Cobra Kai is basically a continuation of the characters from the very popular Karate Kid movies. Now, these characters in those movies, Daniel LaRusso and everybody else, are now adults. They have kids. They have jobs. And even though they have all this stuff, they somehow get roped into karate tournaments again as Daniel LaRusso tries to take down the evil dojo, Cobra Kai. But we're also following Johnny Johnny Lawrence's story as well. And also his kids and Daniel's kids. It's a, it's a whole big thing. But guess what? It works. It's a lot of fun. And in season five, what makes it interesting is that a lot of storylines that were left open and even story arcs that were two or three seasons old are finally being closed up. It's a lot of fun. I, I say that over and over because the episodes are short. They're 37 minutes long. So if you watch a 10 episode season, you could binge it in like a, a, an afternoon or an evening. And what also makes this show so great is that the show takes itself seriously, but not too seriously, but respects the characters and the world they've created, if you understand what I mean. So I always say give it a try. Um, it's definitely start from season one, but season five definitely is a great culminating season. If they decide not to return, I'm going to give season five of Cobra Kai nine crane kicks to the face out of ten. Thank you very much. And now, Geeks on the Go. Geeks on the Go. Now we're a lot of dreaming, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Let's get this going. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we make it under a minute fairly enough to start giving out awards. I swear, I'm going to start giving out awards for those who don't sabotage. So, Ralph, incentive. You're giving out awards for sabotage? Well, then I should get like a million of them. (laughs) Oh God! No, Mike. Mike has the first 150 episodes. <laughs> you get the rest. <laughs> I never sabotage. Whatever. For those of us that have some of the old episodes, please 
email us to let us know. Why would I sacrifice uh, sabotage a rusty ship? I just point out the leaky spots. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm a leak on you. Here we go. Oh, wait, that sounds horrible. Whoa. Ready, set, go. Could the Sandman stories also have been a successful movie franchise? Mike. Nope. In your face, Jordan, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow. Okay. Ralph. Yeah, I, I couldn't see it as a successful movie franchise. There's just not enough time to tell all that in one movie. Yeah, unless you choose certain stories, but I hear you. If today you became the head of DC's movies and television division, what would be your first course of action to write the ship? Ralph. Um, Everything that Warner Bros. is doing now, but just the opposite. Smart. Gotcha. Okay, Mike. Have President and CEO David Zasloff publicly stoned for laughs. Wow. Okay. And Black Adam the movie, fame or flop? Ralph. Maybe it could become a famous flop. Oh, hey, that's true too, Mike. Uh, it'll be like a floppy dick. It'll seem tantalizing at first, but it really should be put away until it's fully solid. <laughs> I win. Well, I don't yeah. know. It was something about that 30-minute second question. I was just like, really? <laughs> it took 30 seconds to ask the question. Did it you took write 40 the... seconds for his pause. Are you serious? Did you write the essay? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but um, getting back to Black Adam, I'm wondering how... I'm really wondering how this is because, of course, we know how they took care of Shazam. We know what the <laughs> rock is. <laughs> what? It just feels like they, they filmed Shazam at the Tyler Perry Studios. Wow. <laughs> well, you didn't see what if one of our friends likes Tyler Perry? Shout out to Emmett from Marvel. I know that's you. <laughs> that That's so sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> All right. So now that we're into it, shout outs. Any shout outs, gentlemen? I would hmm. like to shout out me because I'm just amazing and I, I do this for you. So just Woo, you go, boy. That's right. Thank you, one anonymous fan. Fans. You're awesome. <laughs> all right, Mike. No, screw you all. Nah, actually, I love you all. You know that. You know I just love you. Uh, no, just shout out to all the good listeners out there. You know who you are. All the listeners. That's who you are. Yeah, there you go. Um, Shout outs to everybody who's listening and shout out to everybody who hits me up saying, hey, where does this episode, where, where's that episode? Hey, you said this, I didn't like that. Shout out to you all. Especially hey, why are you still alive? Yeah. Right. <laughs> shout out to South Carolina for, 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 for still believing in DC, even though nobody else is. Shout out to um, Tinkerbell, who still says that she gets things right, but I don't know what episode she's on, so I can't keep track. Um, shout out to Emmett for Marvel, who questioned me still about my Marvel fandom because she got mad that I didn't watch I Am Groot. She goes, you didn't watch it? I'm like, <sighs> why would I? But whatever, you know. Is she <laughs> short, just like your attention span? Well, well, she's, she's short, short, so, you know. It, wow. <laughs> she's not even here to defend herself. It's okay. I'll be, a, I'll be with some function with her. She'll probably hit me over the head with something. Actually, no, hit me on the knee. And, she'll hit you in the calf. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, of course, shout out to Lady J. She's just started watching The Boys now. And it's funny because Lady J has such visceral, not visceral, but, like, so big responses to things. And, you know, The Boys are all about shock value. And, and right. she's like, oh, my God. That's a, that's a quote. <laughs> but it's funny being in the other room. What is she, some 90-year-old woman that's just got out of church? Oh, oh Lord. Lord. 
not quite the that vapors. like that, but the same kind of energy, the same kind of intensity. Like you'll watch, like in the beginning of the boys, where um, Huey's girlfriend gets run over by a train, and he's left nothing but her bloody stumps of hands. And she's like, "Oh, why are you doing this to me, Rod? Why? Why?" I'm like, "You know the stuff I watch." <laughs> But yeah, shout out to everybody. We love you. We hope you guys are all doing well. Um, Comic Con's on the horizon, guys. New York Comic Con. And just yeah. just to make your planning even better, we'll be there Friday and Saturday. That's right. Yeah, could you imagine seeing back. all three of us in the flesh? Your yeah. eyes won't be able to stand themselves. That's right. <laughs> With my Adonis figure and Mike's uncrackable skin and the caps. He'll gaps. be there. Yeah. He'll just be there. <laughs> I'm the straw that stirs the drinks. You know I make stuff happen. So where I'm at, all the action's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to find us, you just look for the cap's shiny bright head. No, I'm putting that. a mask on, guys. He's, I'm putting a said, mask on. He said he's stirring drinks, so he's probably gonna be at the bar. Oh Lord. If there was a bar at Comic Con. Oh I'd, my be gosh. I, I'd be happy because that's where everybody would be. No, no, no. <laughs> the only bar that needs to be at Comic Con is a bar of soap. Anyway. Oh, only. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Wait, hold on. I think hold I'm going to leave it on a high note. <laughs> I get a gong, but Mike can talk about Alec Baldwin as some fucked up justice. <laughs> he got a gong, too. <laughs> all right, all right. So for <laughs> MFG, also known as Mike, and Archie Square Off the Tech, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. Take a shower if you're going to Comic Con. Please. It's